Nick, we've had our second crushing victory in a provincial election this year. Uh, Francois Legault uh, and his CAQ won something like 90 of 125 seats in the Quebec election. Pretty incredible. And this is following in the footsteps of Doug Ford's uh, progressive conservatives steamrolling everyone in Ontario. So I think the big question is, you know, what does this mean for uh, the Federation? Well, first of all, you know, another big win for Legault. And you know what? Big win in a big province. Expect mm-hmm. him to flex his political muscles and uh, advocate within the Federation, which is what his job is as the Premier of Quebec, advocate for Quebec. Uh, the big question is, what might this mean, this new dynamic, where you have the two most populous provinces, the Premiers have both been reelected, both have renewed mandates, they both had big wins, you know what, if those two premiers start to cooperate more in the Federation, they could be in the driver's seat. You know, who knows, perhaps uh, Premier Ford might be interested in having more powers on things like immigration in order to attract skilled labor. So watch out for both of those premiers to uh, flex their muscles in the coming years at the beginning, now that they have these new mandates that are strong. Mm-hmm and uh, see where they want to take the Federation. It'll be also interesting to see how the Liberals will react to these big new mandates, because I'll tell you, the Liberal muscle isn't as bulky as the muscle that the Premier of Quebec and the Premier of Ontario currently have. Mm. Uh, well, welcome to another episode of CTV's Trendline Podcast. I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And yeah, Nick, uh, as you said, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, you know, doesn't have as strong a mandate, obviously, as Lego and Ford does. So, so what would his response be if, uh, Lego and Ford really start to put the pressure on him? Well, Trudeau is cross pressured because for the liberals to stay in power, they need to hold on to seats and win seats in those two provinces, Quebec and Ontario. So being aggressive, confrontational with uh, the the premiers of Ontario and Quebec is bad politics on a number of levels. First of all, both of those premiers, their brands are strong, and uh, Trudeau's brand is not as strong in both of those provinces. And second of all, uh, Trudeau probably wants to make sure that there's some sort of cordial and positive working relationship so that he can demonstrate that he's flexible and also try to keep the liberal brand. Because the other thing, Michael, man, mm. the liberal brand, provincial liberal brands in both of those those provinces, it's like, I don't know, are we allowed to say puppy stomp? And I know not to diminish puppies, and I like puppies. They're very nice and huggable pets. But the liberal brands provincially in both mm. Quebec and Ontario are at almost all-time lows. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's going to be a tough slog. In in Ontario, I mean, we had a brand-new leader of the Ontario uh, Liberals, Stephen Del Duca, and after that last provincial election, that was it. He he stepped down again. So they're still, you know, in the wilderness, I suppose. Yeah, who knows whether there'll be resignations in Quebec. Maybe it takes a little longer for them to digest the uh, political fallout from this election, but I think all of the parties were probably looking at their leaders and uh, who knows? There could be uh, there could be a resignation um, coming out of the the last provincial election, mm-hmm. which was a big disappointment, I think, for uh, for all the opposition parties. And you know, from the get go, Lego had the advantage. Uh, he steamrolled everyone. He ran a successful campaign. He delivered the vote. 
But even though that happened, I'm sure the opposition parties were hoping that they do a little better. Mm. But not, didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Uh, now we talked about, you know, the pressure that Trudeau could face if, uh, they go in for really start flexing their muscles, uh, in the Federation. What about, uh, conservative leader, uh, Pierre Polyev? What, what, what does he make of the Federation? Do we have any indications of that? And, and what would happen if he was potentially, let's say, uh, prime minister dealing with Ford and Lego? Well, I think if we, if we look at Pierre Polyev's behavior and his positioning so far, We'll probably say something similar to Stephen Harper, mm. uh, who, you know, Stephen Harper had a particular view of the Federation where, you know, uh, provinces had responsibilities and the federal government should not proactively engage in a lot of those provincial responsibilities. You know, Stephen Harper basically, why don't we call him, I don't know if he'd like this, a constitutionalist. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, we have a constitution and, and Stephen Harper would say, this is my job. This is not my job. And he would not kind of uh, blur those lines. Uh, I think we probably see something similar from uh, Pierre Poiliev. You know, he has a lot of support in the West. Uh, the West wants to, uh, wants the Federation in, to operate in a particular way where the provinces have latitude and kind of uh, key responsibilities. There's not a lot of overlap. So why don't we call it retro hour? Mm. Yeah, retro hour for uh, Pierre Poiliev, where he'll take a similar view to the Stephen Harper government, I think, on the Federation. At least that's where I would expect him to land. Mm. And, you know, something like that would probably play very well with the Premier of Ontario and the Premier of Quebec, mm. where people stay, where the federal government stays in its swimming lanes lane and doesn't veer into provincial territory. Uh, Nick, we're not expecting to have a, a federal election anytime soon. The Liberals and NDP have that governing deal until 2025. However, uh, we haven't done any, uh, seat projections in a while and it, it might be interesting, uh, to, to take a look at that. Absolutely. You know, the thing is we tend to look at the ballot numbers, right? And, but the thing is, is that ballot numbers do not ever reflect the number of seats that are won. In elections, and you know, the last two elections are great cases in point. The Liberals lost the popular vote, but they won a greater number of seats. Still, minority government were able to form a government. But you know, right now, at least, let's look at the ballot numbers and then the seat projections that Nanos does every month. So, look at the ballot numbers. The Conservatives are at thirty-three, Liberals twenty-nine, NDP at around twenty-three. So the Conservatives have a four-point lead. Um, you know, in the past, the Conservatives have led, but haven't been efficient at converting into seats. But now, in the latest uh, nano seat projections that we do, uh, we actually have the Conservatives winning more seats than the Liberals, which means there would be a chance of uh, not just a Liberal defeat, but of the Conservatives uh, having a chance to form a government. It's like 108 to 106. Uh, we also have the NDP at around 41 seats. Uh, and the block at around 24. But the kicker is there are 67, count them, 67 ridings that are too close to call right now. Mm, wow. I mean, so this is interesting to me because Polio's predecessor, you know, did quite well with the popular vote, but, but it wouldn't translate into, uh, vote efficiency. So, so what's changed in, in, in Ontario? Yeah. Well, Ontario is, uh, is the really one to look at. Let's look at a couple 
let's look at a map, you know. So mm-hmm. if you look at, for example, the GTA in the last election, it's basically all red with a little spot of orange in uh, in Hamilton. But fast forward to the, to the seat projections that we have. And if you look at the new map, hmm. you know, anything that is a particular color related to a party is has been declared uh, a, a win for that party. So if it's blue, it's conservative, orange, NDP, red, liberal. If something is black, it's like too close to call within 2%. If something hmm. is gray, it's too close to call within 7%. And you know, what we can see is, is that all those liberal ridings, uh, that, uh, the Trudeau government picked up and held on to in the last, uh, election and that are always traditionally very strong. You can see both the conservatives and the NDP picking up. You can see ridings like Oakville in play, Hamilton in play. Look at Oshawa too close to call, which has actually been good for the conservatives and the new Democrats. And uh, even in downtown Toronto, perhaps the NDP picking up a couple seats. So what what the big game changer here is that the Conservatives are doing better in Ontario than they have in the past. And as a result, it's yielding more seats. If there were an election held today, and we have to say, Michael, there is not an election that will be held today. But mm. if, you, if you're looking at numbers like these and seat projections, if you're Pierre Poiliev, you're probably thinking, hey, there's something to work with. Yeah. If yeah. you're Justin Trudeau and uh, an advisor to Justin Trudeau, you got to be thinking, oh boy, <laughs> there's some ridings at risk that are traditionally liberal ridings mm. and you have to be very careful on what happens in the next couple of years. Now, uh, presumably, Nick, uh, the liberal, federal liberals are doing their own modeling on this and, and, and they have the same information. Uh, so how, how do you think they'll, they'll respond? Well, it's, maybe it'll be like the, uh, you know, like they'll, you know, what do you do? Those little, they probably have one of those glass things like smash in case of emergency and take <laughs> something out to do something. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe it's a little early to kind of, uh, to do that. Mm. But I think the liberals have to do a number of things. First of all, uh, they have to, uh, have a, a narrative related to Pierre Poiliev, the new leader of the opposition, the leader of the conservatives. Uh, Second of all, they need to somehow renew their mandate and their vision because they've been in power since 2015 and all governments have a best before date. They might seem a little tired. I think they have to kind of renew their mission and vision for the, for the country and basically explain why they deserve uh, another mandate. Mm. Uh, so expect them to, to do some renewal. And if they don't do renewal and just think that they can do what they've done in the last few years, I, I'm not sure that's going to work. Because, uh, because, you know, Canadians, especially at a time when they're worried about a recession, they're worried about rising interest rates, the cost of goods, all that kind of stuff, uh, want to hear solutions from politicians and, and want to hear about what the future looks like. Uh, maybe, maybe some bungee jumping as well might, uh, might be a decent idea. Yeah. You know what? In our last podcast, we talked about, uh, Pierre Pauly at flipping tires mm-hmm. and Justin Trudeau is bungee jumping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm too old. I <laughs> yeah. think, uh, as opposed to a bungee jump, I think Canadians would like to hear what the plan is for jobs and paying the bills and where, uh, you know, where prosperity is going to come from. But, you know, this, uh, this is, this is your examples of the type of politics that we're living now. It's symbolic politics mm-hmm. where, polit- where politicians are, uh, holding up slices of bread. And bungee jumping in order to uh, convey messages and to build their brand. 
Uh, well, Nick, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, it's the five-year anniversary of Jagmeet Singh becoming leader of the NDP. Nick, it's, in a, it's a five-year anniversary uh, today for Jagmeet Singh. Uh, he became leader of the Federal New Democrats in uh, October 2017. Uh, let's have a listen to his victory speech. Today, my friends, that's why today I'm officially launching my campaign to be the next Prime Minister of Canada. <laughs> It's been uh, a lot of interesting changes since then. Uh, I'm talking about like pre-pandemic, a totally different time uh, in, in our lives. Uh, now, how has uh, Singh grown as a leader and, and, and what's his sort of uh, uh, brand like now? Are we supposed to say something like, congratulations, Jagmeet Singh, <laughs> on being leader of the New Democrats for five yeah. years? You know, Tom Mulcair was leader of the New Democrats for five years. Mm -hmm. So uh, how time flies. Yeah. Um, you know, when we when we look at the polling data, so what we did was we looked at two sets of numbers. First of all, ballot support for the New Democrats and tracking every week that we do where we ask Canadians for each of the federal party leaders, whether they have or don't have the qualities of a good political leader. So let's look at the ballot trend line. So the week before he was selected leader of the New Democrats way back in 2017, the New Democrats were at 15%. You know, check out the trend line so you can see 15%. Right now, uh, in the latest Nanos tracking, the New Democrats are at 23. So that's, he's up, mm. he's up eight points. So it's one of those things where, you know, compared to where the New Democrats were before the leadership and where they are now, positive news. So the good news. So, uh, why don't we give the polling tip of the hat mm. on, uh, an improvement on that front? The other interesting Probably even more interesting number when we track on the brand is that uh, after his, if we look at that same period, except right after he was elected to now, uh, you know, back in 2017, when the New Democrats picked him as the leader, about one third of Canadians or about 34 percent of Canadians thought that he had the qualities of a good political leader. And uh, you can see the trend going up, especially you can see those, you see those spikes. That's like the, the elections, 2019 election, mm. 2021 election, where the numbers really ramp up. But right now he's at 47%. So almost half of Canadians think that he has the qualities of a good political leader. The good news on that front is not only is he up 13 points since his brand at the beginning of his mandate as leader, that that 47% is actually comparable to both Justin Trudeau and the Conservative Party leader uh, at, you know, whether it's Pierre Poiliev, whose scores are in the 40s, or Aaron O'Toole, whose scores were in the 40s, or even Stephen Harper, whose scores were in the in the 40s. So mm. his brand is as strong. Why don't we say he's standing as tall as any other major federal party leader, and his brand has improved. So, you know, it's one of those things. A lot of, a lot of politicians... You know, when you talk to them, they look at the numbers on the day that they were elected and, and the day that they decide to retire. And then they the whole idea is they're better than they were at the beginning. Well, it's been five years for Singh. Ballot numbers are up for the NDP compared to 2017. And his personal brand is stronger than it was at the beginning of his mandate. So, you know, you look at that long-term trend, not too bad. Yeah. 
I mean, you've already answered the big question, which is, is his party better off now than it was in 2017? And, and the answer is yes. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's some of us are trying to figure out this this liberal NDP deal, if, if it's good for the party, bad for the party and what his own uh, members think of it. Uh, yeah. But but it seems like, you know, their their fortunes are, are pretty good. Yeah, my Greek mother would always say, it's not where you start, it's where you finish. Mm. So <laughs> watch out for this NDP liberal arrangement in the House of Commons. Uh, if that goes sideways, if Canadians perhaps who might be upset with the liberals start blaming the NDP for propping the liberals up and keeping them in government, there could be backblow for the new Democrats, for the party, and also for Jagmeet Singh. But mm. that hasn't happened, and that's not now. Right now, at least, we just can look at the numbers and see that his brand is stronger and the party is doing better than back in 2017. Uh, Nick, I think that's all we've got for this episode. Uh, so, as always, thank you. Take it easy.